This episode is brought to you by Delta Airlines. One of the most underrated parts of a trip is that flight home. And that's why Delta Airlines tries to make you feel at home long before you even get there. Now, for somebody like me that's a homebody, feeling at home in the air is very valuable to me. And I love to curate that comfortable experience. And what I love about Delta is they have over a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment. They have Wi-Fi so I can do anything else that I want to do on my devices. They have great food and drink, and it just creates a positive end to my trip. They have fast, free Delta Sync Wi-Fi available for SkyMiles members, more than a thousand hours of in-flight entertainment, and they have premium food options and beverages like herbal teas, cold brew, sparkling wine, and more. All of the comforts that you'll find at home, you can find in a flight experience that feels made just for you. You may not be home yet, but Delta Airlines helps you feel a little bit more like it. Delta Airlines believes that you should feel at home, even if you're 30,000 feet above it. Learn more at Delta.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Before we start this episode, can I tell you about something that I am super excited about? And this is the first time that we're actually ever doing this. Now, you guys hear the different ads and things from sponsors on the podcast. And I really want to provide an opportunity for you to sponsor the podcast. So you hear all of these different big name companies that I talk about and share my experience here. But I want to also champion for other Christian small businesses who want to reach the audience of this platform. We reach over 275,000 people a month all over the globe. So it's a huge, massive platform that I'm so proud of. And I want to share this platform with you by advertising for your business. If you're looking for a way to gain new clients for your business without having to show up on social media or any other platform, listen up. For a limited time only, I'm offering a holiday ad special for my listeners where you can promote your product or service on the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast for just $2.99, a flat rate. According to statistics, 86.5% of participants listen to podcast ads. And 55.6% have made a purchase based on a podcast ad. Say goodbye to your business getting lost in the feeds of social media, especially with this upcoming holiday season, and purchase a podcast ad that will put you in the ears of hundreds of thousands. To learn more about our holiday ad special, click the link in the show notes or visit blessedandbossedup.com slash ad special. Again, that's blessedandbossedup.com slash ad special. We have a limited amount of slots because we're not going to bombard the episodes with ads and we still have other sponsors who've purchased inventory throughout the year, but I wanted to make some space for your businesses. So again, limited ad spots are available. Blessedandbossedup.com slash ad special. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up presented by Anchored Media. An entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, 
challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. On last week's episode, I talked about the importance of rightfully dividing truth. And I talked about that because we just finished a challenge within the society last week. And that challenge was just all about lifestyle, action over information. And so we had different rules to the challenge and things that we put in place because our goal was for everyone who was there to just really seek God for themselves. So less about information and more about application. And so, of course, things, the society was being a society and breakthroughs were happening. So many just amazing things were happening. But one of my favorite parts of the challenge were our daily prayer calls. And so on one prayer call, I just felt God really using me to, to press the urgency of rightfully dividing truth. And I think it was at the end of that call that you were started talking about spiritual gluttony. And I was like, Oh, that's good. And so as I was preparing the episode on Friday that I recorded yesterday, I was like, okay, I got to get Charlotte on the podcast to talk about this because this was a topic that I really want to dive into and something I really want the audience to have their eyes open to um, just really as a, a way to not fall into the trap. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, what is spiritual gluttony? So spiritual gluttony is when we have this overindulgence or this this need to um, get a word from everybody all over the place all the time. And similar to regular gluttony, like at some point, if you are not utilizing the word to go out and do what God has called you to do, you're just packing on these pounds and you're not, there's no action behind it. It is of no nutritional value. If you're not applying the word, if you aren't um, serving, if it's not causing transformation, you just, oh, I'm gonna watch this sermon and I'm gonna go to this conference and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that. And yet you're still not doing what God has called you to do. Child, what is, why? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, there's no nutritional value um, from that. You are just taking in all of this information. You have all these notes in your journal and in, in your, all your little workbooks and all of this, but you have not acted on anything and you still find yourself in the same position that you were when you were seeking God. So you go, you get hyped up mm-hmm. and you're nothing. And it's very similar to people who overeat, like that they binge eat, they go and they eat, 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 eat. And then they feel sick about it. Then they don't feel good about themselves. And there's this whole cycle of like binging and purging. So just as it is not beneficial for us to go without being in the word of God, you can absolutely on the, on the flip side, Um, be drawn by your emotion because it's not even the spirit that's leading you to watch these sermons. It's your emotion because you're not getting into the word for yourself, but you're consuming all of these outside resources and it's not causing any transformation. It's just you gathering. I think of like a squirrel that stuffs their cheeks. (laughs) Like you're you're sitting here, your your mouth is full and you, you haven't even eaten what's on your plate, but you over here just scarfing stuff down. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a a form of greed, honestly, in the spiritual sense, especially because the, the words and the things that you're getting are self-serving. You're not serving God. You're not doing the things he's called you to do. You're not serving other people. It's just to make you feel good, get you hyped up 
and then you be out here sick, <laughs> spiritually sick. So I'm always on the side of the new believer, right? The person who is trying to live this out genuinely, you know, really trying to get into their word, really trying to do what God has called them to do. So I believe that people find themselves in this state of spiritual gluttony unintentionally. So how can people identify? Because in my, from my perspective, I feel like a lot of people find themselves in this position because it's like, I'm trying to learn the things of God. So I'm in all these spaces, not to overindulge or for selfish reasons or for a lack of self-control. I'm just trying to consume, consume, consume in hopes that I can then live this thing out. So where, what is the error in that? And how do, how does that good intention end up in spiritual gluttony? The lack of application. So the difference between truly like learning, right? Because when you eat and then you exercise, there's a balance in that caloric intake. So it's it's very similar. So when you get a word from God or you hear something or you learn something, you need to be able to start applying that. There should be some level of transformation. And once you you get a concept, so like yesterday um, in church, our pastor was talking about discipline. There were things that he said that made me go, oh, okay, now I need to come home and I really need to study this and start Mm -hmm. figuring out what things to apply to my life. So in terms of, he he made a a comment about how sometimes things aren't dead, they're just dormant. And it's because we haven't truly dealt with that situation. And that's why we come come back around to it and it impacts our discipline. And so yesterday after service, I was like, okay, God, what things have I not, that are dormant, that I know I still struggle with, that I really need to make sure that I'm setting before you. So it's not that getting the information is bad. It's what we do or don't do with it. So the way that you avoid this is by making sure that you are applying God's word to your life. There should be a level of transformation. There's an exchange that happens when we are making sure that we're practicing without overindulging because you can learn so many things that you'll overwhelm yourself. Things start to get crisscross applesauce and then it's not even being applied in the way that it should be. So it's okay to get a a word to learn something and then you need to start walking that thing out and applying it to your life before you go to uh, the next thing and this thing and that thing. Some of us um, just enjoy the feeling of learning something new, mm-hmm. but then we don't really, once we kind of get bored with it, <laughs> we're ready for the next thing. Once we get bored, when if God's dealing with us in discipline, then we're like, oh no, I want to learn about praying in tongues instead. This is <laughs> like, this is boring. And we'll go to the next thing. And it's really more so to, to emotionally keep us at this high point and not really applying God's word for transformation. And so that's where the, the miss, the misstep is. Yeah. I like that you broke that down. Cause when I think about for me, like learning something new on the education side. So when I'm, I'm always reading business books or things like that. I get to the point mentally where I'm like, I'm at capacity and mm-hmm. I have to get rid of some of the things that I'm ingesting. And for me, the only way to do that is to apply it. So I have to look at all this information I have and be like, okay, what is going to apply to my business? What can I toss out? What can I start practicing right now before moving on to whatever the information is that's coming up? And so, like you said, it's the same thing. We're ingesting all of these things, 
but how are we applying it so that we can see the transformation in our life? So for someone who is in this space where they are, you know, watching the sermons, attending the conferences and going to church and all of these different things, what is their step one to applying it so that they can see the transformation? I think that the first thing is really having a level of self-examination that sometimes we get a word and we hear the word, we get excited about the word as we should, right? Because the word of God is life, like it's breathing, it's living. And so it's not bad to have an excitement or a zeal for God. We should. It's where we don't, it's where we bury the talent. So we, God gives us something. And instead of us going out and multiplying it, like the first servant and the second servant, we bury it instead. We keep it all to ourselves and then nothing happens. And that's where you get to this place where you're, you know, you're wicked and lazy and um, in accordance to the, the parable that Jesus told. And so I think that what we really have to do is go to God first about this word. So it, like I said, I took the, the first step to say, okay, God, I heard what Pastor Keith said, and it was good. And I know that there's likely some areas in my life where things may be laying dormant. Reveal that to me. Show me anything that isn't like you in my life and really have that, that level of self-examination. A lot of times we don't care for that. We don't care for God to give us the mirror and put it up to us because we're very busy trying to pray for this person to be delivered and pray for that person to be delivered and asking him to change the situation when a lot of times the work of God really starts with him putting a mirror up to yourself. So I remember when I was newly saved and I was doing all the things and I was really praying and believing God for transformation in my marriage. And I was like, my husband is, my husband, I mean, I was complaining. And he was like, let's talk about you. And I was like, the ghetto. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. <laughs> like, I'm here talking to you. And, but it was through that when God showed me that a lot of times, the only thing that needs to be transformed in order for atmospheres and in, in things to be changed is us. That's the only thing that we have a level of control over. You yeah. can't change the job. You can't change other people. You can't, even when you think about things like finances, you can't even, um, you may not be in a position to go and make more money right this second, but what you can do is seek God and find out if you need to be more disciplined with your money. If you need to quit fussing at your husband, there are things that you can do now to see immediate result. And so without that level of self-examination, then you're not going to get transformation. But we don't like that. Mm-hmm. Sanctified. Can't nothing be wrong with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? right. My hands are raised in worship. I don't there's I don't have any true issue. But honestly, it's when you get to that point that it switches from you seeking God to you having this level of spiritual gluttony, because there's a level of self-righteousness in us refusing to examine ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're called to examine ourselves often in scriptures, examine ourselves and crucifying our flesh. Mm-hmm. The things have to die off of us as we go to the next level, as we ask God for more things, things have to die. And we don't like that because it's uncomfortable. And so that's what my pastor was talking about yesterday about some of it isn't dead. It's just been lying dormant and it pops back up. Mm-hmm. And so that, man, now I got to go find out what's lying dormant and, <laughs> and really examine myself. And it's not in a way that is, you know, self-deprecating, but in a way that it's going to be um, where you can bring about self-deliverance with the, the help of the Holy Spirit. You don't need somebody to go out and lay hands on you. You just need to sit before the Father, have mm-hmm. a real 
explanation of what's going on, do a, a true assessment and then ask him to help you. And so there are things that we're seeking, you know, profits for and all these other people when you can just get to the father for yourself and he will help you with the breakthrough that you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So for the person who is not at that space where they feel confident, because I feel like another reason that pushes people into this space of super consuming spiritual things is they're not taking the time to truly build a relationship with God for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they get caught up in this pattern to where going to other people becomes a crutch. So how can someone who is in this state where they're, you know, consuming all these things because they want to grow just really take a step back so that they can build that one-on-one relationship with God to where they are able to sit with him and allow him to put the mirror up. And they're recognizing that that's what he's doing. And they're able to really sit with God and ask him these open-ended questions and be able to hear a response. So where do they start to be able to build that for themselves? I think the first thing is to, I know the first thing is to know and have the expectation that God is going to speak to them about their situation. A lot of times we believe like, oh, God will only speak to Tatum or God will only speak to Dr. Sharla. And that's not true. I think that the first issue that we find is that a lot of us come into relationship with God without truly understanding and knowing who he is. We don't know his character. We don't know his heart for us. We don't know um, his ways. And so when you don't, when you know of someone, and you don't know them personally, it makes it hard for them, for you to receive um, Mm -hmm. feedback from them, especially if it's feedback that is like critical, like critical feedback for you to um, change in different areas. So when I get critical feedback, if I don't know God, that God's heart is for me, if I don't know that his word says that he disciplines those whom he loves, and that when he tells me, hey, Charlotte, tighten up, I know that I'll pick my edges up off the floor, We'll glue them back later, but I know that he is a sign of his love for me. And so the first thing I would challenge people to do is to really just get to know God. So I love, um, like I learned about the names of God. So it could be something very simple as that knowing that he's Jehovah Jireh, that means he's going to provide for me knowing that he's Jehovah Shalom, that he is going to bring me peace. So really taking the time to go through and read the stories of old in the old Testament to see how God used imperfect people to do his perfect will. He used Moses. Moses was a, a murderer. (laughs) like he murdered somebody he used uh paul paul also a killer in these streets (laughs) like like he was killing christians so it's really um it's really important to get to know god first before you really start um start seeking him for for things and really just have a heart to get to know him when you read psalm 23 talking about the lord is our shepherd that means that he's going to provide for us he's going to pilot us and show us what direction we need to go in because he's going to lead you beside still waters he's going to make sure that you're in green pastures so he's going to provide you're going to eat and he's going to restore your soul he's going to give you peace and i think that when we kind of jump the gun of not even getting to know him first Um, We allow the opinions of other people and we allow this like secondhand relationship for, uh, you know, I know somebody that knows somebody, (laughs) right? When you could know him for yourself because he's the one who made you. And so understanding that God is no respecter of person. And as long as we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. 
his word really tells us everything that we need to know about him. And so it's really a matter of getting in your word and you can have study helps to getting your word that aren't the voices of other people. So mm-hmm. I love um, even like the, the Bible project videos. These are videos and small clips that help you really digest the word of God, but it's not somebody else's revelation. It is just the word presented. And that's, those are those kind of resources that you need. The Bible project got questions. Make sure that you have a study Bible tour. You can read the commentaries at the bottom, purchase commentaries. These are people who do, um, I learned these fancy terms in Bible school. <laughs> There's um, a word called exegesis and eisegesis. And the way I remembered them is exegesis means that you just take the text and this is exactly what it says. You take what God's word says and based on what's happening in the times, all, all of these different factors that people sometimes conveniently leave out, you are just d- stating or restating what God's word says. That's an, an exegesis for you to ex- exegete the text. It's exactly what God said. And mm-hmm. then there's eisegesis, where it's what I think <laughs> this means. <laughs> like I think that the word means X, Y, and Z. And that's where you find people taking God's word out of context. Mm-hmm. And this is why it can be dangerous. The reason that even for the new believer, you have to be able to have this personal relationship. You have to study the word for yourself is because it's up to us to rightly divide truth mm-hmm. from non There are people who are out here proclaiming the name of God and they are not of him and they are not from him and they are not for you. And some of the the hurt that we experience within the body of Christ um, with church hurt and manipulation, it is, it is absolutely of the fault of the people, the manipulators. And also we have a responsibility because we're not going home and rightly dividing the word. We're mm-hmm. supposed to test every spirit that includes your pastor spirit, your mom spirit, your grandma them spirit, Every spirit's supposed to be tested. Mm-hmm. And so once we realize that we can have our own personal relationship, once we realize that we can um, go to God for ourselves and you have the power and the authority to go in and God will reveal to you his word and what it truly means. I love that you talked about co- having Bible study tools that paint the picture of the text as opposed to painting somebody's interpretation of that text. I think that's such a clear point because most of the time we buy these devotionals, which is essentially just somebody's opinion with some scripture on it. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) We buy these uh, commentaries or these Bible study books, which again is somebody's opinion. I I have a, a Bible study book. I wanted to learn about, I forgot what I was studying at that time. But the woman was talking about just like her journey in the rainforest and all of these things. Girl, I don't, what are we talking about? (laughs) I was reading it like, what are we talking about? I am from Maryland. I don't care that you walk through the rainforest. I care about getting a deeper understanding of this particular scripture or this particular text. Yeah. But and for some people that helps, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for some people that helps, it gives you this, something to uh, relate to in a sense or something yeah. that's familiar that can make the scripture real for you. So I understand why it's beneficial in a lot of sense, but 
it's also important to make sure, especially early on, and I'm not going to say especially early on, it's important to have these tools, period, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, that just show you the text, the concept, like you said, the Bible project that tells you the who, the what, the when, the why, and the how. They drawing pictures. They not even showing you their face. They are drawing pictures and connecting dots, blah, blah, blah. That is, this is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. No, com- no added commentary. Yes, no fillers. Yep. No mm-hmm. fillers. And what I love about what I've learned, and this was something that I learned recently, you know, going through the process of school that we couldn't use things like devotionals that wasn't considered um, a good source. So mm-hmm. I learned to look at different commentaries and what commentaries are, are really them taking the history because I had to write some. <laughs> so it's really me taking the history and really presenting the book as is the we exegete the text. And then those last couple pages are ways that we talk about applying it. And so one of my favorite ones that I did was the one about the story of Habakkuk, you know, Mr. Write the Vision and Make It Plain. I give everybody nicknames. Mr. Write the Vision, Make It Plain. And there's such a bigger story than yeah. what we have been taught. And the bigger story is not only did he write the vision and make it plain, but he kind of had some beef with God. He right? He was like, first of all, do you not see your people out here wilding? Mm-hmm. I'm going to come and find you. I know you're going to give me, you're going to let me know what's good. The vision that he wrote and made plain was punishment. God's mm-hmm. punishment for his mm-hmm. people. Then Habakkuk was like, wait a minute, you're going to use these wicked Babylonians, but you're not wicked because you're God. Why are you going to use them to punish us and we your people? Like, it's yeah. such a beautiful story. And by the end of it, God reveals to him his whole plan. He tells him like, yeah, I'm going to use them, but that's not me. Me using them isn't me condoning them. Matter of fact, here are all the things that they've done. So he lists out all of the sins of the Babylonian people. And if you really look at it, it's exactly what's happening in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's people um, stealing from the poor and it's people taking advantage. It's people um, in leadership that are drunkards and doing this and have their own selfish ambition. That's it's history. You can see when the Bible said that there's nothing new under the sun. You can draw these different um, these different revelations. Honestly, is is what it is. And in the very end, Habakkuk can praise God because he's brought to remember that. God is going to restore his people. God reveals to him the whole plan. And even though he doesn't agree by the very end, he is, he is, he's reminded of God's faithfulness and he puts his trust back in God. And Mm -hmm. how hard is it for us sometimes when you see like, God, you don't see this. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Right. And so there's so much more to it than to just write the vision, make it plain. And so this means I'm going to take the things that I desire, my own plan, put some pictures on a poster board, and mm-hmm. that's what we're using this for. It's deeper than that. Habakkuk is the story about what happens when God don't, or you don't like the way that he goes about it. <laughs> and you can still go to him and be like, no, this is, this feels pretty ghetto, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to use them? And mm-hmm. I'm me, and you love me. And so it really is important what I've learned is to know the history. So in these commentaries, they talk about the Babylonian empire and this and that. It's a lot of history that you also have to understand. And with that, you gain more knowledge. And so these, these kind of commentaries that aren't devotionals, because my grandmama, she here, and we do Bible study together at nighttime. And she had this devotional 
and it had nothing to do. I said, girl, this is dumb. <laughs> I said, girl, what is she talking about? The devotional and the scripture have nothing to do. It was about God's judgment and him, um, you know, making sure they were protected. And she was like, how would you feel if there were no laws? Ma'am, <laughs> you couldn't, this what you thought you ate with that, didn't you? <laughs> really goofy question what if somebody what if somebody uh murdered you and there was nothing that could be done in the judicial system well i i would be dead so <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't feel any kind of way about it i would be the lord <laughs> like this is just a weird i was like well where did you get this where did you get this devotional from how would you feel if you was dead and it wasn't justice <laughs> and you knew your family couldn't get i wouldn't know anything <laughs> I would be gone. <laughs> I would be gone. And so it's just even being able to um rightly divide sometimes just the the noise. There's the noise. a lot of noise mm-hmm. that can that can come. But yes, yeah, so Crystal said, I feel dead. Exactly. <laughs> I feel you're mad. <laughs> like, um, and so we have to be able to really overcome our flesh. Because that's really what makes it, that's really where the challenge is, is that your flesh feels like this is boring or I'm not getting anything from this or there doesn't, there doesn't feel like there's any value in this. And so we're so drawn to the charismatic preachers and to, um, you know, the teachers and things like that. And again, they have their rightful place in the kingdom, but that cannot be your only source. Yeah. Right. Like if you become your God. Yes, they become your God. And it's it's very simple. It's like, okay, if you ate fast food every day, eventually you'll get sick. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Like you can you can eat fast food sometimes. It has its benefits. It can be convenient. It can have, you know, X, Y, and Z. You may enjoy it. Cool. But if you ate McDonald's every day, first of all, yuck. Second of all, you would you would have ill health benefits. It's going to impact your finances versus you cooking homegrown food, fresh food at home. And yeah. so you have to kind of look at it like that. Like how much of this is like fast food being delivered to me versus mm-hmm. me cooking this at home in my prayer closet kitchen, me and God, yeah, where we're studying. And so it's really going directly to the source. I love that you talked about the noise because a lot of the noise is ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy that a lot of times the enemy don't even need to bother us because we're self-destructing. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on last week's episode where I was saying that it is so out of order. It is so common and also so out of order for us to be trying to find things that spiritual things that appease our flesh and it makes us all just confused and we ingest confusion and we uh, uh, output, we input confusion and we output confusion because mm-hmm. we're just constantly trying to, the, the gotquestions.org broke it down as you look for massages versus messages <laughs> when they talk oh, about it. That's, that's another one. Got questions be out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's, I can't emphasize enough that in order to not be in this spiritual gluttony state, you yeah. have to understand that the word, the Bible is the standard. Yes. Whether your morals agree with what the Bible says, 
do whatever you need to do and resolve whatever you need to resolve in yourself. Take it all up with God. Because like you said, Habakkuk had beef. He was yeah. not, he, Habakkuk was like, God, the math is not math in here. Like, yes. what, is, what, what, what is happening? Had a whole attitude. <laughs> a whole attitude. But I love Habakkuk as well because it's the reality of how mm-hmm. we feel sometimes about God's ways. We yeah. don't always agree with them or feel excited about them. Mm-hmm. But as a follower of Christ, you need to get in line. Yeah. And it's okay to feel how you feel, but then go to God. Yeah. Ask him. There are so many things. I'm like, but I, I talk to you guys offline all the time. And I'm like, and I'll tell you guys about different things that may happen in my life. And I'm like, man, I'm with the God. And I was like, God, this just feels dramatic. Yeah. Why why are you doing all this? We didn't yeah. even have to go that route. We didn't yeah. have to do all of that. Like, for what? You could have sent me a text. You could have sent me a text. Why do we have to do all of this, God? And I would have did it. <laughs> I find myself in that situation all the time. Like, yeah. God, this just seems redundant, silly. And I just yeah. don't feel like I could take all of this. Yeah. But I have to get in line. This episode is brought to you by Rosetta Stone. I've been telling you guys that I'm planning a trip for my husband's milestone birthday that he has coming up. And as we choose which location we actually want to go to, I've been thinking a lot about learning a new language once we narrow it down. Because when I get there, I want to throw myself into the culture, into the language. And a part of that is learning exactly the language that they speak ahead of me getting there, right? Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning platform available on desktop or as an app and that it truly immerses you in the language that you want to learn. I'm most excited about the track record of Rosetta Stone because, I mean, they've been trusted experts for 30 years. Millions of users in 25 languages offered. I mean, Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish. They have fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. So no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. They have an intuitive process so that you pick up language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then sentences. And overall, it's designed for long-term retention. They have speech recognition, so a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. So it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's convenient. So again, those desktop and app options with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And best of all, amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. This episode is brought to you by NPR. As a Black woman, it is just so important to have Black stories and to see myself represented in the media. As a mother of two beautiful Black little boys, it's important for me to show them representations of themselves in the media so that they can be inspired and know that the possibilities are endless for them and their futures, and also so that they can see their stories told. 
The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. <laughs> I could yeah. feel how I feel, but I have to get in line. Yeah. And not enough of us are making our flesh get in line. Yes. We want God to get in line with our flesh. We want to live how we want to live and sprinkle Jesus on top. And I heard somebody say, I don't even remember where I heard this. was like, being a Christian isn't about Jesus following you. It's about you following Jesus. So you, what we like to do is be like, come on, Jesus, let me put you in my backpack, backpack. Mm-hmm. And like, you're walking and you want him to come out and do some things when it's convenient. But when you want to do what you want to do, you don't want to deal with him. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of times what happens is God said this to me once. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, is that I was talking to him about this need for people. So there was a, a situation and God showed me somebody who I thought was from him that wasn't and I I was like God this is how people be getting duped like but why are we in this position and it was because he said that a lot of times we want to blame the devil so there, there was uh you know just one of those very charismatic like deliverance people who was like you know everything's a demon like all the time and once God kind of gave me the truth I was just like oh that's wild but also how do we get here Mm-hmm. And it's because it's easier to blame the devil than your decisions. There's no accountability. Everything that happens is not the devil. Yeah. It'd be your decisions. You know, good and well, you need to lose weight because there's a family history of diabetes and you, it's not the devil coming after your life. It's little Debbie and you and her got a thing going on. Hanging out with her. Quit hanging out with Debbie says, you know. That she got them them zebra cakes. You know she got those rolls, and you just need to you need to quit break. You need to break up with her. It's not the devil. It's your decisions. But we don't like that because then that makes that makes us accountable. There's a level of accountability. Honestly, what it is is at the end of the day, we don't we we love the word accountable and accountability partners, but also. We don't truly understand what it means to be accountable. Accountability is not someone 
um, making sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's not accountability. Your accountability isn't, well, if you don't do this, then X, Y, and Z will happen. That's a consequence. That's not accountability. Accountability is when you take ownership over what God has called you to do. And because it's personal to you, because there is something that your life, you know, is, is tied to, you do it. So only, true accountability can only come from yourself because nobody's going to sit around and, and watch you and pull up on you and be around a quarterback and sure that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. True mm-hmm. accountability is you owning the word that God is giving you, owning the, the assignment to the point that you do it no matter how your flesh feels. Mm-hmm. And that's really the way that you avoid spiritual gluttony. You know, God doesn't speak just to be talking. Okay. I got black parents. They tell you to do something. A response is what's required. But we reverence our parents more than we reverence the God that brought us the parents, more than we reverence the God that we say that we love with our whole heart, more than the God that we say, you know, I'll do anything for you. And then he tells you to do something. You're like, accept that. I'm not that. Or this either, actually. Actually, I'm going to stay going to Ray Ray House because he's fine. And I believe you sent him to me, even though you told me you did. <laughs> I'm gonna keep dragging him to these couple conferences because that makes me feel like we're doing things in the right couple conferences. Girl, because girl, <laughs> girl, I don't even want to go, and you keep dragging him to these couple conferences, and you you're now saying, "Oh, I know God told me this is my husband," and he's like, "God's like, ooh, I ain't said that. I never said that. Mm-hmm. I told you to break up with him, but you want to walk in disobedience, and that's that's all right." You're talking about soulmate. I told you the soul tie. You got to come on. You heard the soul part. (laughs) You all you heard was you won't break my soul. And that's that's not it either. (laughs) That's what you heard. What I'm hearing though, as we talk about this, is pride. And Mm. pride is a big issue for a lot of folks. And even for me, like sometimes I'm like, God come on, God, I'm gonna look crazy if I do this. Or like, mm-hmm. God, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to do that. You know, and, yeah. and we are honest here because this is the reality of this walk. It's going to be many times where God is giving you instructions that you don't want to do or that make you look stupid or that yeah. isolate you or that make you feel crazy that nobody understands that you're not going to get a firm, like uh, you're not going to get confirmation or affirmation for that. Yeah. You're just going to have to do it because he says so. And despite how you feel, we all are going to get those instructions. Even Jesus, Jesus was in that garden. Like, please, if it's please, another please way, any other way you see these people <laughs> jesus jesus felt like that he was like sir anything else is there anything. any other way that we could do the thing without doing the thing mm-hmm. because i don't want it mm-hmm. he was in so much anguish yeah. that there was there he was bleeding from his forehead dropping like drops that were sweats of blood it's called hematohydrosis. Okay. We're, okay. We're, here you go. English. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, he was sweating blood. He was so pressed. And then he gathered himself and said, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. And that is, so even, even Jesus felt that. Mm-hmm. And because we have a savior who has not gone without feeling all the things that we felt mm-hmm. and he still did it. Mm-hmm. that's why he is the standard 
Mm-hmm. Jesus still did it. Any emotion that you feel, Jesus has felt it. You want to talk about your family not, um, you you having a disconnect with your family. They came and got Jesus like, your mama outside. He was like, who is my mother? Who is my mother's? <laughs> Yeah. Like Jesus, Jesus has, he literally did it all. If we're being a hundred percent honest, there are times I do not feel like you're not, the misconception is that you're going to feel like always doing what God said. No, the, 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 the hard part of the walk is that BC before Christ Charlotte still is tucked away in here, mm-hmm. in there, but the spirit just supersedes her. Mm-hmm. When you do something that my flesh be hearing crime mob play in the background and I'm over here telling I want to be tried by fire purified, I have to pick this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just a matter of getting to that point. We all are still human, no matter who you think is the most saved of saved people. I know for me that the realness that I love about even Paul is that Paul was out here killing Christians. God took that same, that same little zeal that you have and yeah. repositioned it for the kingdom. So now Paul's like, if I die, I die. Yeah. Before he was like, I'm gonna kill all y'all. And his, he, he, God doesn't cause us. He causes us to change, but the root of who we are, he still uses. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a passionate person. I love people like crazy. I'm a student. And because I'm a student, I can be a really good teacher. And God's like, that's cool. You can do that with medical stuff, but come here, come here and come teach this Bible too. I need, this is where I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And so here I was trying to exert all of my extra energy into health and healthcare and, and all of that. And God's like, no, I want to use that. I gave it to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not only do I want to use it, but I'll refine it and I'll show you how to use it for my glory. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times the things that we're looking for, we think that God wants us to change who we are at the core. And that's not true. He yeah. made it this way. He wants to reposition and show you how to steward well over who he's called you to be. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. it's very much the same person. You just make different decisions. So as much as I love and be ready to knock people out for people I care about, I will pull up on Lil Lucy any day of the week because I love the Lord and I love his people. And Lil Lucy can get these hands. See, he gets the crime mob version of me, but it's like mixed with Hezekiah Walker. This conversation was so good, y'all. This might end up being three parts, but we'll see. So I'm going to put a pin in it right here and we'll pick up uh, with part two of Spiritual Gluttony with Dr. Charlotte Walker next week. Make sure that you rate the show, subscribe. Subscribe to my YouTube channel as well because we have a video of this coming out when all the parts finish airing. See you next week. Today with Amazon Business, Shannon Stuckey of Walburn Woodworking helped her team buy 63 circular saws. Okay, Andy, take it easy. Now she uses her time to focus on growing something big. Buy smarter, dream bigger. Visit Amazon Business, your partner for smart business buying. At Family Dollar, we know you want more to enjoy your summer. Delight your family with our great assortment of ice cream and frozen treats. Family Dollar, helping you do more. What's your risk number? Find your true north. On the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, you'll find financial tips, insights, and information to help you plan for your future. True North Wealth Partners has locations in Dublin and Wooster, Ohio, while serving clients nationwide. Dedicated to God, country, clients, and family. To learn more about the Vantage Point with True North Wealth Partners podcast, visit MyTrueNorthWP.com. That's MyTrueNorthWP.com. True North Wealth Partners. Welcome home.
Robinhood is an investing platform that helps serious investors with their financial goals by giving them the tools to run their money on their terms, so you can make power moves in your power suit, even if that power suit might be fuzzy slippers or an oversized sweatshirt. But hey, that's what makes you you. Run your money with Robinhood. Learn more on Robinhood.com slash podcasts. Stocks and ETFs offered by Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Crypto offered by Robinhood Crypto LLC. All investing involves risk. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.